Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 61 of the Freelancer Show. This week on our panel we have Eric Davis. Hello. Ash Dryden. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about traveling for work. So uh, this is something that I do frequently and suck at terribly. So I'm a little curious as to uh, what suggestions you guys have for traveling. I I think most of my angst comes from like packing and I always wind up forgetting stuff. (laughs) That's just the way it is. I I just throw a whole bunch of stuff in a duffel bag, put all my computer stuff in my computer bag. And then curse the TSA in my head the whole way through the airport. I think that's how a lot of us do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I know you travel quite a bit, Ash. I you, do. I travel out for conferences. So what's kind of the biggest thing that makes your life easier when you travel? Um, I have a separate bag that I use for traveling. And I actually have a, like a separate copy of everything that I use in my regular life that goes into that bag. So like I have a toiletry bag and my toothbrush and hairbrush and everything always stay in there. That way I never have to remember to pack that stuff. Because the things that I always tend to forget are my hairbrush and my pajamas every single time. I'm not entirely sure why. But those are the two things I always forget. So I try to minimize the damage by trying to keep as much stuff in my like traveling bag as possible. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Dare I admit that when I went down to new media expo, my wife doesn't listen to this show, so I won't be in trouble, but she, she hadn't done the laundry in in like two weeks and I had no clean clothes. So I drove down to Las Vegas and I went and bought underwear and socks. So I would have clean clothes to wear while I was down there. Nice. (laughs) I know a lot of people that when they travel um, internationally, like they'll pack everything very tightly. And then when they're getting ready to leave, they actually throw out their underwear and their socks and anything that's kind of cheap to replace. Mm -hmm. So they have room for souvenirs or whatever else they're bringing back. Yeah, I've heard people that do that. Like uh, what they'll do is like they'll travel to a place that's kind of cold and pick up a jacket there. And then if they leave, they'll donate the jacket and fly back without it or something. I like that. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, that that's the other thing is when I come back, inevitably I wind up with like five t-shirts and then I've got souvenirs from my kids and my wife. And so my, my bag is like bursting. Was, that, that was one nice thing about driving out to Vegas was that I just threw everything in the back of the car. You like rented a U-Haul for the ride back? Yeah, basically. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, so I guess it makes a difference whether you're flying or driving. Um, I'm, I'm a little curious though. How often do you guys travel out to meet co- uh, clients versus traveling for like conferences and stuff? Um, I, let's see, I might travel like once or twice a year and typically like that's one conference and maybe a client. I've, I'm trying to think. I've met two clients, I guess, in the past probably three or four years. And one of them just happened to be that I was kind of in the neighborhood and it was like an hour drive away from them. So it wasn't actually for them. It was for family reasons. Um, and then the other time I actually flew up to meet a client for the day, but I don't, I don't travel much. I don't like it. I, there's not a single thing about it. I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't really ever travel to meet clients. Um, I've sometimes met clients at conferences before. 
but uh, most of my clients right now are in the Midwest and I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal for us to meet in person because we do things like Skype calls or Google Hangout. So we can see each other. We're just not necessarily in the same physical space. Yeah. Um, in my case, I've flown out once to meet a client, but they, they wanted it done. They paid for all the expenses. And then um, I've, I have driven, if they're within an hour or so, I, I've driven to meet clients here. But yeah, other than that, I really haven't uh, traveled to meet clients. Most of the time, it's because I'm either attending or speaking at a conference. Yeah, right. I, thinking about it, I, there's a couple local clients I've gone to meet. Most of it's just been, you know, just a meet and greet, just social like interaction. So I just, I don't even go with a laptop sometimes, just me and, you know, my phone type idea. Um, I've gone to speak with a couple prospects before, but thinking back, I think, every, yeah, every time I've done that, you know, come on site to meet us like it hasn't turned out very well like either they didn't want to do the project or it was like a, a one-time project and never turned into something that was really worth all the time going out and meeting them mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean it, that's just a function of kind of the work we do i mean it's technical work you can do a lot of it you know from anywhere in the world anytime so having to meet someone in person really isn't a requirement it might help in some type of projects it might be you know a big thing but I think that's the flexibility we have versus like another industry. Yeah, that's really true. I, yeah. I mean, if, if they're close enough for me to just drive out there with, yeah, my phone and my, you know, my appetite for lunch, then, then that works out pretty well. Um, I have met, uh, clients after I worked for them because they were somewhere I was traveling to. But again, I was out there for a conference or for something else, family thing, and, uh, it just worked out. Yeah, like the you're in the area type idea. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to be in Denver this weekend, and uh, you know, I'm probably going to meet a few people when I'm out there. Every time I go out there, I wind up meeting uh, a handful of people that I know, and uh, it works out pretty well. And the nice thing is, is you know, then what? Because we always go out to Denver for family reasons, but because I'm going out there and I'm meeting Rubyists and stuff, I'm making it a point to do that every day. It really kind of becomes a business trip too, and so I get to write a lot of it off. So let's talk about flying. I'm so Ash was kind of talking about how she packs or just leaves everything in the bag. Do you have a system for packing stuff or do you just oh these are the clothes I want to take and then you just throw it all in a bag and go or Yeah, there are a couple things I do. So I have um this separate packing cube which is like a mesh uh zip up bag that all of my clothes goes into and I just roll up my clothes and throw them in there that way if the TSA needs to go through my bag they can just pull out that mesh thing and not have to like go through all of my clothing. And I obviously with my toiletries and stuff, you know, follow the TSA guidelines and everything, but I try and bring as little as possible that the TSA might find questionable. Um, I I made, I made a trip to um, Philadelphia once and I usually uh, bring food with me because I'm a vegetarian. I'm not always guaranteed to be able to find food wherever I'm going or especially if I I know I'm going to be getting in late. So uh, I brought um, some fruit with me and I brought some carrots and I brought some hummus and the TSA like totally griefed me on bringing hummus because apparently hummus is a liquid, which I didn't think about because I don't consider it a liquid. So now I do my best to like not bring anything that they might even remotely find objectionable. (laughs) But yeah, I bring as uh, little stuff as possible and then 
a lot of times I am staying in a place where I have a washer and dryer. So I'm staying in an Airbnb or I'm staying with a friend. That way I can bring half as much clothing as I otherwise would. And I just do laundry once halfway through the trip. Yeah. I like that idea. How how frequently do you, do you book yourself into a hotel versus Airbnb? I definitely prefer um, Airbnb way above hotels. Uh, they tend to be a lot cheaper and you also get a much better experience. Um, because I travel so much, like this summer, I'm traveling more weeks than I'm home. It's important to me that I don't feel like I'm in a really weird, sterile environment like hotels are. And with an Airbnb, a lot of times I can get an entire apartment so I can cook my own food. I can have a moderate amount of privacy. I don't have to worry about people being loud on the walls around me or, you know, little kids running up and down the hallway. Uh, So it's just a much better experience. If I can help it, I stay with friends, then I go to Airbnbs, and then very much in last place, I stay at hotels. Yeah, I I can see that. So then how do you kind of get set up once you're there at the Airbnb or you're at the hotel? Uh, I'll, I usually go to the grocery store or a little bodega or whatever is nearby to kind of stock up on, uh, things like fruit and other kinds of snacks that I can carry with me that are healthy because eating on the road is really difficult, especially eating healthily is very hard. So I'll go to, you know, whatever store is nearby and stock up on enough food to be able to get me through the week as far as non-major meals go. Mm Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I don't really do anything special. A lot of times, you know, they they have everything else provided. A lot of them, I don't drink coffee, but a lot of them will have, you know, a fresh pound of coffee there for you or clean towels, clean sheets. You don't really have to worry about much. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When my wife and I were going to go to, uh, when I spoke at Aloha Ruby Conference, we were looking at Airbnb and she wasn't entirely comfortable with it. I think I think it's something that I'm going to try a few times and then if I can make it work and she's you know, and I'm comfortable with it, then I think it'd work out a little bit better. Yeah, I I don't do it by myself, I think is the important thing. Like, as as a woman, I don't necessarily feel comfortable staying, because some of them you're staying in people's houses while they're there, Uh and other ones, uh, it's like you're renting out their entire house or their entire apartment, but if I'm traveling and I have a friend that's going to the same conference, uh, then I'll split it with them, and it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable, but I, I... explicitly do not stay in other people's homes that I either don't know or if I'm by myself. Yeah, I have to say that most of the time I've done the hotels. And uh, the the nice thing about the hotels is that, you know, you have the the cleaning staff that'll come in and make your bed and do all that stuff. And so, you know, you just uh, make sure your dirty underwear is out of sight and, <laughs> you know, any valuables aren't where they're going to, you know, see them, be tempted by them. Though I've never had a problem even when I've left them out. But that that seems to work pretty well for me. And so the only thing I really have to do when I get in is show up, check in, go upstairs, pull out anything I need to hang up. So if I have some nicer clothes that oughtn't be, you know, packed for longer than they have to be, you know, get those hung up. Um, usually wind up having a shower because I don't know what it is about airports and sitting in that seat even for just, you know, an hour or so. But by the time I get to the hotel, I just feel gross. And so, you know, just just really, you know, making myself comfortable. And when I travel, I usually try and get in the day before the conference and not just like that night so that I show up, eat dinner, and go to bed. Um, I used to do that. And I found that I just I, I, I'm really kind of off 
I, I feel off when I when I'm going to the conference or whatever. So I try and get in early enough in the day to where I can, you know, get to the hotel, have a little bit of a nap, kind of wander around downtown, find somewhere to eat, you know, meet some, some folks that are also there for the same thing I am, and then I'll leave. I, I leave in the um in the afternoon on the day after the event that I'm going to and. It's a lot for the same reason. I just don't want to feel like I'm in a big hurry to get to the airport, um, whether I've rented a car or taken a taxi. It's just, it's it's not worth it. And uh, I found that that works out pretty well. Yeah, I do something similar. I like, there are a lot of places that I'm going this year that I haven't been before. So I try and actually give myself a couple days on the other end. That way I'm, uh, I have time to go and visit with friends that I haven't seen in a long time or kind of do the touristy thing uh, and just, relax and enjoy being in the place that I got to go because I'm going to a conference. Um, so I, I try and give myself the extra time. So I, I am able to do that kind of thing. Yep. So do you often find that you're traveling somewhere that, you know, folks or traveling somewhere with other people? Yeah. Um, whether or not I know somebody who's going to the same conference that I'm going to, it's what makes Twitter really nice. You know, I can just say, you know, next week I'll be in, like I'm going to Boulder next week. And I, I just said, you know, next week I'm going to Boulder and I would love to hang out with people. And the nice thing is like five people are like, yes, we should totally go and get coffee or get food or, you know, go to the museum. So I, I really like it for that. Cause I, I mean, especially because lately I've been traveling a lot by myself. Uh, it's lonely to be in a city where you haven't been before and maybe doing, going out and doing like touristy things by yourself. It's a lot more fun with friends. So it's it's been really nice to be able to meet up with people in places that, you know, they might live in uh, that and can kind of show me around and treat me like a local. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to packing, one of the other things that I, I run into, and I mentioned this before, was uh, um, especially my electronics, I tend to pack way more than I need. You know, so I bring my iPad and my iPhone and my Kindle and my laptop and um, you know, sometimes I bring some recording equipment and and your iMac and your Mac Pro, <laughs> <laughs> and then I never I never touch any of it. You know, I I use my iPad when I'm just goofing around, and my laptop when I'm giving my talk, and the rest of the time I'm pretty much just using my phone. So yeah, I had this one because I just got back from MicroConf last week, and I was debating like, oh, should I take my laptop? You know, in case I have to deal with a server issue. You know, that's what I did. Nice thing was, is I knew enough people at the conference that I could have said, Hey, my server's down. Can I borrow your laptop for 15 minutes? And I could have fixed it. And so I ended up just taking my phone, my iPad, and then I take my Kindle because I can't read on my iPad. And because of that, I had all of that in a backpack and then I had a, you know, a little carry on. And I was actually only had both of those like half packed. Like I could have probably just done one bag and been fine. And it was nice. Like I used the iPad for taking notes, looking stuff up, all that stuff. And, you know, no problems at all. And even if I had to get on a server, you know, the iPad now has SSH stuff. So it actually, you know, I probably could have gotten on it. Like it would have been if the Wi-Fi was down, my batteries died, all that. Like there have been a lot of circumstances that would have had to happen for me to actually fall back to someone else's laptop. Yeah, when I go to conferences, unless I'm speaking, I actually leave my laptop in the Airbnb or the hotel room or whatever, just because I've found, I've, I've realized this a couple of years ago that I'll go to a conference and I won't be paying full attention to what's going on. And then after the conference, you know, everybody wants to go out for dinner and I tend not to rent a car. I take public transit or I walk. 
So that means now I have to lug that around with me or, you know, if there's an after party, I have to keep an eye on my stuff and worry that, you know, it might walk away while I'm, you know, uh, drinking or, you know, hanging out and talking with people and I'm not paying full attention to my stuff. So I, unless I'm speaking, I only bring uh, my phone and then in my other pocket, I have like this external um, iPhone charger that can charge my iPhone six times. Those are the only two things that I really carry with me that I wouldn't otherwise, like I obviously I carry my wallet, but I try and carry as little stuff as possible. Yeah. And I've actually considered like, you know, I was going to dump the iPad and just take paper notes because then I could just fold it up and put it in my pocket. But just, you know, I have that crutch of having to be on something digital. And nice thing was with the iPad, I was basically, you know, single task. And so I was, you know, typing and listening and I wasn't actually going on Twitter or the back channels or any of that stuff. And I found that was a lot better than uh, another conference I went to where I was had my laptop and was doing a whole bunch of other things and can't remember half the talks from it. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing that I've, I've run across is that uh, a lot of times you go to a conference and the Wi-Fi is just terrible. Uh, do you guys have a way to work around that? Do you usually wind up pairing with your phone or something? or How, how do you... Go, go to the conferences that pay more for Wi-Fi? I mean... I don't know. It's I mean, a- it, it's I think it's the size of the conference and stuff because one I went to, one of the Rails comps in Portland... The problem was is Apple released a big update. So every person there was downloading 300 megs over Wi-Fi in the background, oh. you know, but like at microconf, like they had like a pretty heavy duty Wi-Fi and it was one room, I don't know, maybe 200 people. And I mean, that thing was fast. Like it wasn't as fast as the, my home connection, but I had no problems at all. And I mean, with the VPN and then with like the hotels open Wi-Fi, they had, you had like two or three different connections you could hop on. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about if you have to do client work, doing it over an open Wi-Fi like that? Uh, yeah, but it also depends. I mean, if you use SSH, even if you use SSH over an open Wi-Fi, it's all encrypted. And I pay, I think I picked it before, but I have a, a VPN service where I pay a couple bucks a month and it's set up on my phone and my iPad and my laptop. So if I go over open Wi-Fi, I hop on that and everything gets tunneled. And I it, I can tell because basically my IP address changes to someplace out of LA. So... Hmm, I like that. I don't remember what it was called, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah, one other one that I've heard about is, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. It was a Linksys Go or something. Anyway, it was, uh, it's basically a Wi-Fi that runs off of Wi-Fi. And so it, it essentially what you do, and it actually has like a battery backup in it for your devices and stuff. But what it does is it, you you connect your Wi-Fi to it, uh, you and you connect it to the Wi-Fi like in the hotel or whatever. So all your devices run through it, and then it encrypts all the con- all the connection and stuff, so that when you're running over an open Wi-Fi, it's it's encrypted on its way out, and the only sniffable traffic would be your connection to this device, but that's also encrypted, and so it solves a lot of that problem. Yeah, I've seen this. If I traveled more, I'd probably get one. Um, there's some that even come with a wired connection. So, if, you know, your hotel only has wired or the wireless is bad. You know, you can plug into just a normal Cat5 and then it broadcasts a Wi-Fi in your room or whatever. And I mean, it's nice because, you, you know, you could set up your industrial grade VPN on the router. And so you're always going over a VPN and, you know, you port forwarding any of that stuff you need to do. Yeah, and, and it just makes a lot of sense to me. I wound up traveling quite a bit last year. I've kind of toned it back this year just because I got I got a little bit tired of traveling all the time, but something like that would have really been nice. So uh, are there any other tips for getting through the airport or anything that 
make things easier. I mean, I always wear slip-on shoes, so I just kick them off, walk through, and put them back on. Yeah, I don't. Like I said, I try and minimize any kind of TSA hassle because I'm one of those people that opts out anyway, so they're already annoyed with me. <laughs> so I, I, I never keep anything in my pockets. Um, any change or anything is in my wallet or it's in my book bag before I get to um, before I get to where the TSA is. I put everything in my backpack as much as possible, and um, yeah, shoes that slip on and off easily. Don't wear a belt. Don't wear jewelry. One thing that I like, because uh, I don't travel that much, so it's kind of recent for me, is the, I don't know what it would call, like e-tickets or whatever. Like I have an app for Alaska, which is one of the major carriers out here. And so I open the app, have my boarding pass, I check in on it, and I just walk up and they scan my phone. Um, and it's nice because I used to always print out two copies of my boarding pass, have one on me, one in my bag, and then I'd have to you know, pull it out, keep it in my pocket, show it to people. And just having it as an app is nice because it's always there. And one, one tip if you do that route is, uh, when open it up and on like iPhone, you can hit both buttons to do a screenshot. And so you can actually take a screenshot. So if you're not on Wi-Fi and the app doesn't work, you just have a photo you can show. And from what I understand, that works just as good. Yeah. One other thing that I've run into that's kind of the same deal is I, I always print a copy and then do the, the phone check in, check out kind of thing. And it's really convenient. It's a Delta hub here in Salt Lake City. So. Um, usually it's it's Delta that I'm flying on, which is nice because I can claim the miles too. But uh, it, it works out real nice because a lot of times it's not just that you walk up and pull out your phone instead of a boarding pass. But here at uh, in Salt Lake, they actually have a, a different line for people who are using their phones, and it's usually quite a bit shorter than the long uh, security line for everybody else. Yeah, I also uh, use this service called TripIt, uh, which allows you to kind of organize all of your travel information. So it pulls in my flight information, hotel information, if you're renting a car, if you're taking a bus anywhere. I also use it for all of the events that I'll be going to. So not only the conference, but maybe any after parties or if I'm getting together with other people, it'll store all the addresses and phone numbers in there. And there's uh, an awesome app for it um, that allows me to access all that stuff. And the other neat thing is it'll automatically check and see if like my ticket price, my airline ticket prices go down because a lot of airlines will actually refund you the difference. Um, and it'll keep track of like your reward points for hotels and that kind of thing. So it just makes life easier. Nice way to stay organized without worrying about all of that stuff and having to dig through your email for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's also nice with the battery backups. You mentioned that. It's really nice when I'm flying in things because I don't have to find an outlet in the airport, especially if you have a long layover somewhere. You can just go sit somewhere and just use that, I found, to, to charge things up. Yeah, and it's it's really nice, too, if you're traveling in a city that you're not familiar with. I'm always worried about my phone dying because it's also my GPS, mm -hmm. and it's my lifeline. You know, I don't know people's phone numbers anymore. <laughs> I, I couldn't call somebody for help if I wanted to. So not having power on my phone is super scary when you're navigating around a place that you're not familiar with. Oh, that's actually a good point. When I went, I actually, on a 3x5 card, wrote down, like, server IPs. So if I had to get on something to fix something, um, I mean, you can do that with phones and any kind of like, you know, if you lose your phone or all that, all your data, you can still get back to something and actually, you know, once I get into one of my servers from there, I can get to the others. 
But having that sort of a hard copy of that information, it's very cheap and it's very easy just to carry in your wallet. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I'm trying to think what else I usually do. If I have time, I'll put some movies on my iPad. I have a 64 gigabyte first gen iPad. And so it's not a great device, but it will play a movie. And it's kind of nice to be able to just take that on the plane, kind of prop it up on the tray. And then as I'm moving around, you know, as I'm on the plane or in the airport or whatever, I can just watch something. I've also done that with, uh, what are they called? The peep code. I've done that with a lot of the peep code videos. And so I actually get sort of training time while I'm traveling. That's a really good idea. I usually load my phone up with a bunch of books and because I can't be guaranteed that I'll have Wi-Fi in flight or anything like that, I'll uh, preload a bunch of things in tabs on my computer so I can go through and read, you know, articles for my Insta paper or, you know, extra long articles that I found that I've been putting off reading. Yeah, I I tend to do that with my Kindle. Um, I have a Kindle Touch and I hate that they make you turn it off when they're taking off. But <laughs> and, yeah, and it's open for debate as to whether or not it actually affects anything. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Some of the other things that I travel with that maybe other people or people don't. I usually carry a little baggie of earplugs with me because flights, especially like I take a lot of red eyes. Flights themselves are loud, mm-hmm. let alone the people that are sitting around you talking loudly, or you know, a lot of people travel with their children. There are a lot of things that kind of make flying a not optimal experience sound-wise. So I, I always try to bring earplugs with me and like an eye mask so I can try and get some sleep and allergy medicine because there are a lot of things I'm allergic to on airplanes and um, sleeping pills. Because especially if you're taking like a seven or eight hour long flight, there's nothing worse than, you know, being overtired and not being able to sleep and then getting to wherever you're going and just being absolutely exhausted yeah well and even if everybody is being polite and not overly loud themselves just there's so many people in a tight space that it's it's just going to be noisy anyway do you ever pay for the in-flight movies or anything no i also never pay for the in-flight wi-fi i've done it once and it's like working over 3g so it sucks yeah i want to second the eye mask i actually took it mine last week i just grabbed it on a whim and uh, I, I use it during the day if I take a nap and it's like like bright outside. And I stayed at the hotel in Vegas. And for some reason, the spotlights advertising the hotel actually shined up into my room's windows. So even in like pitch black night, it was kind of like this eerie glow. But put that thing on, I was able to get a little bit of sleep. And I mastered just they're so small, like packing wise, like you don't even notice them. Yeah. Yeah. The one I have, too, has, like, a contour for your nose so it fits as close to your face as possible. Yeah, I got, like, a cheapy one from the grocery store. So your mask looks like Robin's mask from Batman? It does. Uh, It makes me look really cool. Yeah, I have to say, when... Where did you stay in Las Vegas? Uh, the Tropicana. Okay. Yeah, I found... The last time I went down there, I actually... I stayed at the Trop. No, it wasn't Tropicana. It was uh, the Rio. Um, because that's where the conference was. And then, um, CES was at the Venetian and, um, at the Hilton. Well, it was in the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is basically the Hilton. And, uh, my father-in-law came down and he actually booked the hotel for us. And we wound up staying out in Sam's Town, which is about 10 minutes off the strip. 
And uh, that's one thing that if you're looking for a place to stay in any town, a lot of times you can either, we had our car, our you know, we had the car down there, so it was just a matter of um, driving over to the Venetian parking. But uh, if you know the public transportation system or have some other way of getting around, a lot of times it makes sense to stay, you know, five or ten minutes off the venue if you don't want to be in the middle of town where, you know, some of these issues occur. Because right there on the strip, I mean, there are lights everywhere. Yeah, and I think you got to balance it, too. I mean, the conference, like I said, is only a couple hundred people, and everyone stayed at the hotel. And so it was a conference over. People have five or ten minutes before everyone goes to, to get food. So if you, like, stayed off-site or whatever, you'd have to go put your stuff in your car, or, you know, you'd have kind of the hassle factor to deal with. And yeah, so I think you have to kind of play with that, like, figure out, like, oh, do you want to stay at the conference, maybe pay a bit more, not have as good of amenities as, you know, someplace off a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I like staying off the beaten path anyway because it saves me money that I would rather spend. I mean, because you're only in your hotel room or whatever for eight to ten hours every day. I would much rather spend that extra money on going out to a nice restaurant with somebody or maybe going to an aquarium, you know, because those those kinds of um, attractions can be a little bit more expensive. So I care less about where I'm sleeping and would rather put that money towards fun things. Depending on the conference, I might spend two to three hours in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm out all night because it's, it's my opportunity to meet these new interesting people, you know, get, get uh, back at midnight. I might sleep for four or five hours. If I'm really tired, then I'll just call it a night and tell people I'm not coming. That's a really rare thing for me because I travel so much. Uh, it's important for me to make sure that I get enough sleep because I'm really susceptible to like the conf crud. Like I am that person that gets sick at every single conference. And one of the ways I can ward that off is by getting enough sleep. Uh, so I 99% of the time am not the person that's staying out until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, part of the thing too is with the conferences at least, by the time everything's over and I I go and do stuff with people, I get back to the hotel room, it may be midnight. Sometimes I'm just exhausted and I'll go to bed, but sometimes I'm really fired up and I want to write some software or something. And so then I wind up coding till 2 or 3 in the morning. And that's actually one thing I did uh, differently was when I went last week, I actually, I've been kind of doing yoga, like a five-minute yoga thing every day. And I actually put a copy of it on my phone and then my iPad, I have like a body weight strength exercise app thingy. And so I actually, I try to do each of those for five minutes every day. And just because of a little bit of downtime, like, you know, in between meals and, you know, go back up to the hotel room, I ended up kind of working out 20 or 30 minutes every day I was there, but in the space of like five or six different blocks. And so I know a lot of people just got like so tired and burned out because you know they just sat for you know eight hours listening to people talking and then they went out to dinner well in between that i worked out which kind of energized me enough to kind of keep going you know a little bit longer and do be a bit more social at night so if you can do you know some kind of exercise even if it's a few minutes like i think that could actually help and i've heard that might that helps with jet lag too yeah, I think, I mean, the major thing is like taking care of yourself while you're traveling, you know, drink more water than you normally would, uh, eat better than you normally would, because you are a lot more tired, you're around a bunch more people, so you're a lot more likely to get sick. Plus, a lot of people go out and they drink, they might drink a lot. So anything you can do to kind of counteract that stuff while you're traveling, because you don't want to feel like crap when you're supposed to be around a ton of people or the the thing that 
I really dislike about um, a lot of conferences is that a lot of people will go out drinking on the first night and they'll get in really late. And then the next day for the conference, they'll miss the first two or three talks. And I always feel so bad for those first people who speak. <laughs> you know, So I always try and make sure that I'm there on time because it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, they'll be speaking to a half empty room because most people are sleeping off hangovers. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink. And I, if I remember, I don't think uh, Eric drinks either. Nope. Water. I don't tea. drink either. That's about it. Look at us. We're, we're very much in the minority. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's very interesting because, uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I abstain for religious reasons as opposed to, uh, you know, how alcohol may or may not affect me. And so I get some interesting looks sometimes when I tell people I don't drink and then explain why. But, uh, yeah. So, um, do you guys ever rent cars when you're traveling? I try to avoid it. I, I don't, I don't even like driving our own car. I, I've, I lived in Oregon, I think for about a year or two. And in that time I drove our car, I think five times. I've done it more now that, you know, we had our daughter, but I, I hate it. I actually would rather fly, like be in an airplane and deal with TSA and all that stuff than to just drive down to the grocery store. Oh, wow. We'll put up a metal detector at the door of your house. And it's not so that you're <laughs> safe going in. It's so that we're safe when you come out. But, uh, yeah. Um, so I drove down to Vegas. I also rented a car when I went to RubyConf last year in Denver. And, uh, it, that kind of worked out. I stayed with some friends when I was in Denver. And that's, that's the reason I rented the car was that they live far enough outside of town to where I, I kind of needed it to, to go back every night. So, um, you know, I, I did that. It's usually not too terrible of a hassle. The real thing that I've seen with renting the cars is that you have to, like, go over it with a fine-tooth comb and write down, like, every little scratch or ding in it. Or you get, they'll, you know, they'll they'll charge you for it and the next guy for it and the next guy for it, too. But other than that, it's kind of convenient to have a car unless they're you're going somewhere where they have kind of a problem with having enough parking. Yeah, I... I try not to rent cars. I've been lucky that I've been in situations at conferences where I've never had to rent a car. I always try to take public transit or I take a cab. I, I mean, I don't really worry, you know, I'm not worried about the um, drinking and driving part because I don't drink, but it's just driving in a city that you're not familiar with, the cost of renting a car plus parking, uh, just all of those things kind of compound. And a lot of times when I'm going back to my hotel room, I'm tired anyway. So I, it's not safe for me to be behind, be behind the wheel of a car. So I don't mind, you know, spending 20 bucks on a cab where I would have spent, you know, 75 or a hundred dollars a day on a car mm-hmm. plus gas and insurance and parking and all that. So it's just, it's, it saves a lot of money and a lot of hassle, not renting a car for me. Yeah, in fact, uh, I also remember when I went to my first RailsConf in Las Vegas, a limo had just dropped off a whole bunch of people, and uh, so they were trying to make up some fare while they were on their way back to the airport to pick up somebody else, and so there were a whole bunch of us that split the cost of the limo, <laughs> and that wound up saving us money. It cost less to have you know 10 or 12 of us in the limo as opposed to taking a taxi. There, there are a lot of options for transportation. If if you you know want to do it, uh, yeah, like yeah. private jets and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were in Austin for uh, RailsConf last year, David Brady and I just walked the half mile from our hotel to the conference, and that worked out pretty well. Yeah, I actually considered that in Vegas because the hotel was 
I mean, you could see, you could like see the fence from the hotel, but you had to go all the way around it. Like if you could do crow's fly, it's like half a mile, but it's three miles around the block. And I've considered that because that's like, that's like a short run for me. But then in Vegas, it ended up being a hundred degree heat during that week. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Well, and if it's a short run with a bag full of electronics or something, then it's not worth it either. Yeah. I'm not bringing my iMac like you. The other thing is a lot of cities offer like a weekend pass for their public transit, which can save you a ton of money. Yeah, Portland does that. We have like a day pass and then I think like a seven day pass. And I, I, I ran the numbers here. If you take any public transit more than twice in a day, it's you're saving money. Like it's like 10 cents more than two tickets. Nice. Yeah, Portland has pretty good public transportation. I've been out there a few times and ridden theirs. And I'm looking at going out to San Francisco, if I can afford it, to go to some of the alt-WWDC events. And um, I understand they have a pretty good uh, public transportation system there, too. All right. Well, any other other tips or trips, tips or tricks from your vast font of knowledge on this topic? My biggest thing is... I, like I said, I try and save as much money getting to a city or staying in a city so I could kind of spend what I would have spent out of my budget on things like going out and doing fun things. Uh, so I try, I start looking at airline tickets as soon as possible. And I use a mixture of um, kayak. And um, the only thing that I use Bing for is their travel predictor. It has this little graph that'll tell you whether they expect an airline price to go up or down. And it'll tell you the percentage likelihood of, you know, whether whether it'll go up or, up or down and like the confidence in buying. So if you buy it now, is the price likely to go up? Uh, that kind of thing. So that can save you a lot of money and kind of tell you when the best time is to buy tickets. And I read a thing last week or the week before that said that whenever you buy airline tickets, you should always do it in like an incognito window because airlines will actually track your cookies and will actually increase the price the more often you go and visit and check prices. So those oh, are my really? two. Yeah. I, and I had no idea. I had no idea about that. Yeah. I so, can see that. so I do that. And then I try and always um, travel on the same airline so I can rack up miles to get free flights and upgrades and stuff. Yeah. I've, I, I like getting the miles. I've only ever used the miles though to like send my wife to a family event or something. That's nice of you, at least. Yeah, but uh, one thing that has been nice with the Delta Sky Miles is I got a companion fare. So if I book a ticket with my uh, Sky Miles credit card, then I can book my wife with me for free. And and I really like Kayak. You brought that up, and I, I that's the one I go to as well. I have found that they, they have the little checkboxes at the bottom, so you can check the other travel sites, Priceline and Travelocity and stuff. Most of the time, kayaks' prices are as good or better than everyone else, but there have been a few times where I've actually found a better deal on another site. So that's another thing that you may want to consider doing. Yeah, and I also... Delta is the airline that I prefer to travel on. I also subscribe to their like marketing email about, you know, between these two cities, you can get a really good deal, and every now and again, I'll be able to get a really cheap flight just from, you know, glancing at an email once every couple weeks. Yeah, another one that we've uh, found some deals on is TravelZoo. It's TravelZoo.com. They're trying to get into some of the, I'm trying to think, it's kind of like Groupon, the daily deals or whatever. But yeah, they've, they've had some deals on some travel that have been just pretty pretty awesome. So 
it's another one to look at. I was going to say one thing I thought of. Um, I think I heard this from Patrick McKinsey, but basically, especially if you're going on site to a client, pay for lunch or if you can do it, actually have like a catered lunch delivered there. Um, he said he did that a couple times and like people remember that more than anything else. And you could even, I actually looked at Mrs. Fields cookies has like an e-commerce store. So you could actually have them deliver cookies to your client. And I mean, it's cheap, especially when you consider your consulting rates, like it's, it's well worth it. And if you're going to take all the time and energy, go out to a client, uh, that kind of stuff can really impress them. So that's, that's a tip I heard about. And then there's a standard thing of, you know, if you're going out to lunch for a client, try to pay for lunch. Some clients will, you know, fight you on it, all that. But if you pay for it, it's from what I understand, a tax write off and it's a lot of goodwill and doesn't cost very much. Yep. All right. So the places that are drivable, um, I, I just want to talk about that really quickly. So if it's within driving distance and they do want to meet you, what do you usually do? Do you usually take your laptop with you or um, try and prepare something to talk over with them? Or, you know, if it's just kind of a meet and greet thing, do you just show up with your phone in your pocket and hope you don't need your laptop or iPad or what? Uh, for me, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if it's a meet and greet and if you're talking like with the CEO or CTO, I, I might bring my iPad, but it's, you know, mostly phone and kind of the intention of, you know, if we're going to look at code stuff, we can do that later. If it's actually going like sitting down with their dev team and like, you know, showing examples of prototypes or that sort of thing, or, you know, even if you're actually going to start pairing, then yeah, I might consider taking my laptop, even if they have stuff set up there already, just because you might need to get it out to pull, pull up some code that you don't have online or something. Yeah, and for me, I always make sure that there's a, an agenda that goes along with any meeting, whether it's in person or not. So I have an idea of how long it should last and, you know, if I do need to bring my laptop or you know, what kinds of things I should be prepared for. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just ask them what you need to bring, what they want to see. Yeah, the other thing that uh, I I do for that kind of thing is I have a little notebook that's on the sun visor in my car and uh, a pen with it, and so every time I drive out for stuff like that, I I write it in there and log the miles so that I can claim those on my taxes. All right. Uh, Eric, what are your picks? All right, so I'm going to pick my VPN provider. I probably already did, but just, you know, it's relevant here. Uh, Strong VPN. I just have their $7 a month plan. I think they they, they charge it in three-month increments, so it's like 21 bucks every quarter, but you can get stuff in the U.S. They have a lot of plans if you need to do international stuff. Um it's used pretty big. Like if you're, you know, outside of the U.S. and you need to use like U.S. YouTube and stuff like that, uh, it's really, really stable. Uh, they give you different connections to use, and I have both types of connections set up on both the iPad and my iPhone, and then also on my laptop. So I, I recommend them. I've been using them for probably about a year now. And then my second pick today is a blog post. Uh, it's called "Funding Your Startup with One On Three Off Setup." Uh, basically, it's a the group at Status.io, they seemed like they did consulting for a while and then they started to work in product stuff. And this blog post talks about how they were basically to one week of client development and then three weeks on their product. And it's interesting just because I've been actually doing this model for about six months now. And it actually works really good because it lets you really focus on a client, get a lot of stuff done in that week. And then when you're done with that, you can work on product stuff. Um, the nice thing is in this blog post, they outline a lot of the they call them rules. They're more guidelines, I think, but you know, just the, you got to get a good client, someone that can get ready for you to make you really efficient that one week you're on. But it's interesting, especially because I know a lot of consultants and freelancers are looking to get into products and 
you know, the first product you do is going to take a bit of time to get off the ground. So this might be a good way to kind of gradually shift into that if that's something you want to do. Nice. Um, Ash, what are your picks? I've got three. Um, two related to traveling. I use um, Lonely Planet and Wiki Travel a lot to kind of get an idea of, especially if I've never been to a place, what the area is like, what kinds of things I should expect. It'll tell me what neighborhoods I should maybe not be staying in or um, you know, what, if there are multiple forms of public transit, you know, wh- which is the preferred one, the kinds of places that a lot of locals go to eat. So those make traveling a little bit easier, especially if you've been to a place that uh, you haven't been before. And then the last one is a Chrome extension that I just found recently called Markdown Here, which allows you to write anywhere on the web in Markdown, and then uh, you hit a button and it toggles it into rich text. So it's really nice because I hate most rich text editors and they're just a hassle. So it's a lot easier to be able to just write Markdown and then just be able to hit a button and then it just transforms it so I don't have to deal with it. That sounds so nice. Oh, wow. I really like it. I've been using it a lot, especially for email. Huh. I'm I'm really going to have to look into that. Was that three? That was three. Cool. All right. So uh, my picks, my first pick, and this is something that I've picked before, and it's similar to something that uh, Ash mentioned before, and that is my um, Anchor battery backup for my phone and stuff. Last time I was traveling, I think it was when we went down to St. George for the Parade of Homes, which is just, you know, you go through these high-end homes and you see what they did and all this stuff. But we were out all day, every day, and I used it to charge my phone, my wife's phone, my sister-in-law's phone the first day, and then basically did the same thing the second day and it still had about a quarter of the battery left. So it's pretty awesome and and super nice to have. Um, The other one that I want to pick, and this is something that I just ordered that I really looking forward to. And this is what I was trying to talk about. And I did a poor job of it. And that is the D-Link SharePort Go mobile. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Basically what it is, is it, it has a rechargeable battery in it. And you can also hook your uh, your USB drive up to it, and then you can it's like a shared drive on your network. But it's basically a private network for all of your devices. And then to connect to the Internet, you just connect it to whatever existing Wi-Fi is there. So if you're in the airport, you do that. If you're in the hotel, you connect it to the hotel's Wi-Fi. If you're the conference, you connect it to the conference Wi-Fi. And that, that way, you can have all of your devices connected. You're not uh, bogging down the Wi-Fi for everybody by taking up five IP addresses. And it it does some of the encryption and management for you. So really excited about it. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I'll also put a link to the review that geekbeat.tv did of it. Because that's where I heard about it. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to using it uh, because of them. So anyway, other than that, I'm I'm just going to wrap it up. I'm going to be recording a little spot to go at the beginning of all the shows. But I just want to ask you, if you like this show and you want to give back to the show... Uh, we have an Indiegogo campaign out to put together a little bit more professional website that provides a lot of the features that uh, people have been asking for for this and other shows. And so uh, I'm going to pull it all together, and that way you can find everything that we do in this podcast network and uh, be able to take advantage of, of everything that we, we have. So thanks for that. We'll wrap this up. We'll catch you all next week. <laughs>